Okay, let's get into this year's Parshas Vayeshev, Tavshin Ayin Dalid, as we almost are at uh, Shabbos Hanukkah. We'll talk a little bit about Hanukkah at the end, but the Vayeshev next week will be more connected uh, to, I'm not sure if next week the first out of Hanukkah is Wednesday night, but Vayeshev is planning on having a shir the regular time next week after the first, uh, the first nair, and Vayeshev uh, will be in Yoni Hanukkah as well at the end of Parshas Miketz. Okay, but now we have to, uh, Parshas Vayeshev. As we get into the stories of Yosef and his brothers, we start off with just a thought, just a ha'ara, before we discuss all of these parshios, specifically this one from the Dubna Magid. A thought that I think I've, we've said in the name of others in the past, but, <coughs> but uh, it's quoted here by Mordechai Leo in his commentary. It's verse number one. The godless of the Dubna Magid, third, line three, that was mashpia on all of those who listened to him. The greatest accolade that the Dubnamakid could receive is that when the Grog got older, the Vilnagon, what happened? So the doctor said, what can we do for you? He says, forget the doctor, just bring me the Dubnamakid. I need some Musr. That's what the uh, that's the, the level of the of the Dubna Magid. He darshaned every parsha. He gave mishalim, as we know. Ohel Yaakov is his sefer. When he came to sefer Bracious, he says, "I can give a mashal, and I can explain clearly every parsha." There's black and white. Every parsha. First, we have Bracious. We can learn from Adam and Chava versus the Nachash on line eight. Parshas Noach, we can learn the Tzidkus of Noach, Keneged Rishosam, the Dora Mabel, the Dora Flaga. We know the contrasts. Contrasts make it easier to understand each of the opposites. Parshas Lech Lecha, Avmavinu, the four kings and the five kings. Vayera, Avmavinu, and Stom. Every parsha is clear. It's fine. I could give great drushes about Tov and about Ra, Chayasara, Eliezer, Evan Avraham. Dolu Mashkin Bitoras Rabo, Keneged the Rishus of Yishmael, who eventually was thrown out, Vayetze, Yaakov and Lavan, who made the tricks, Vayishlach, Yaakov and Esav. Okay, we have all, throughout the Parshish, we have great contrast to focus on. And then we come to Vayeshev. And then we come to our Parsha. It says the Dubna I throw up my hands. I don't really know how to enter into this Parsha. Yes, we have Mechiras Yosef, one of the most tragic episodes in all of Jewish history. All the different pshatim, exactly what the Mechira was and what the reasons were, which Benzer will touch on tonight as, as well. <coughs> but says the Dubna Magid, how am I supposed to talk? What's the contrast? Well, Yosef and his brothers? I get this Tov and the opposite of Tov when it comes to the Shiftei Ka, whose name, every name of the Shvatim are on the Choshen HaMishvat, the Kohen Gadol War. What am I supposed to do? He says, I have nothing to say. And he didn't give a marshal about Parshas Vayeshev, Tov and Ra. Because I can't talk about the Shvatim in that sense. Yes, nobody's perfect and there was a chait. But he says, I can't. I'd rather not say anything. Ulam, line 16. I don't know what to darshan. He says, he says, I have nothing to say. He couldn't say anything negative about his fellow Jews. And says the Divrei Mordechai, says the Mordechai Eliyahu, that's the godless that we learned from the Ol Yaakov, from the Dubna Magi, not only on what he darshaned, but what he didn't darshan. And we didn't have anything positive, and he didn't want to publicize certain episodes of Jewish history, 
or focus on it too much. So he pleaded the fifth and he did not, did not enter into that world. So as we get into Vajrashtra Vayeshev, we have to do it very carefully, tread in a way that we, we know exactly who we're talking about, the shift teka, and then let us see the thoughts that we could glean from our parsha. So there's a lot to say on the first Pasuk of the Parsha. That's what we will focus on for the first part of this year. First Pasuk. Vayeshev Yaakov be'eretz v'gurei aviv be'eretz kena'an. Yaakov dwells in the land of his forefathers and be'eretz kena'an and eretz kena'an. Every phrase, every word we will focus on. Let's start off with the Rav Zevin. Rav Zevin. Vayeshev Yaakov Be'eretz Migurei Aviv. Emphasis on Vayeshev and emphasis on Migurei Aviv. Says Rav Zevin in his classic style. Hamusagim ger v'toshav b'muvana musari heim gemishimu mitchalfim. Ger and Toshav are opposites. As Mother Bafarshim already pointed out. On Avram Avinu, ger v'toshav adochim achem. I'm a ger if you want. I'm a toshev if you want. They're opposites. And yet in this passage we have both. Vayeshev Yaakov, Be'eretz, Migurei Aviv. What does it mean for our purposes? Ashrei, Yoshvei, Vesecha. Praise is the one that are Yoshev, that sit comfortably in your house. What does that mean? Ashrei Adam. What is God's house? The shuls, the yeshivas, the bate medrash. Praised are the ones, says Rav Zevin, that feel at home in your house. That's where we have to be comfortable. That's where we have to feel at home. In God's holy houses. Ashrei Adam she margish es atzmo letoshav kavua. Bebeisa knesses of bebeisa medrash. Praised is the one who feels at home. Where do we feel at home and where do we feel strange? That's the question we have to ask ourselves. A person could spend his entire day at work, in the market, making a parnasa wherever he goes. And he spends an hour or two in shul. But where does he feel most comfortable? And where does he feel at home? In your house, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I feel the most at home. Mashallah Adam, Merchakim. Think of a person who goes on a business trip. Litzarach Parnasaso, for his Parnasa. Verov Hashanah. What if he's out on the business trip most of the year? Does that make it more comfortable? <laughs> because it go, you go by majority? No. Verov Hashanah, Nimsabadar, for Akhazman Katsar. If he's home for a short amount of time, it doesn't matter. When he's home, he feels comfortable. He feels at home. Lo kamut hazman kovat ha'it yashvut ela ha'hakarava hargasha. The quantity of the time is not what determines where I'm a ger and where I'm a toshav, but rather the recognition and the feeling determines. And then he says, "Rachmanulos sometimes you have the opposite. Yesh lahefach. Sometimes we meet. Sometimes we feel we feel more comfortable outside and on the street and in this place and that place." And we're not so comfortable in shul. And we feel out of place in the spiritual centers. That means we have a problem. 
So point number one, what we have to work on. Where in this world do we feel comfortable? And where in this world do we feel like a stranger? Ger v'toshav. We have to make sure we feel like a ger in certain places and we feel like a toshav in other places. Part one. Part two. Not just within this world, but we need, says Rav Zevin, to have a recognition that this entire world, we must look at it somewhat as a ger, a gers, a galus. Ha'olam ha'zev ha'olam so we know the Mishnah says in Pirkei Avos, this world is a hallway, a passage to the ballroom, to the Traklin, to Olam Abba. Where do I feel comfortable and where do I feel like narrow and, and you're not supposed to, we don't like relax in the hallway. Right? We get ready in the hallway and then we relax in the ballroom. Kan Hagerus. V'ksham ha'iz his There in Olam Haba is where we should feel like a citizen, where we should feel the kviyus. We don't all feel that way. And he quotes Kol Some are Yoshvei Tevel. We're Toshavim on this world. The Gashmias. We're very comfortable. We're very comfortable here in this world. But we have to have the attitude that we're gerim here, we're toshavim there after 120. So now we get back to yet the first passage of our parsha. Vayeshev Yaakov be'eretz megure aviv. Aviv, Yitzchak Avinu realized gerus. Realized he was a ger in this world. He was a ger. He did not feel like a native he did not feel comfortable. And Yaakov Avinu also did that. But he wanted, as Rashi quotes, he wanted to relax a little bit. He wanted to be a Toshav even in this world. Little bit. Obviously, it's Yaakov Avinu, not totally. But on line 18, Yitzchak Hikir, Sheba Olam Hazeh, Eino Eleger, V'Yaakov Ratza Leishev Ketoshav. Yaakov wanted to be like a Toshav. Maisa Avo Simon Labanim. So he says, and what happens when we want to feel like a Toshav? And this is what happens that he does not feel like a like a Toshav. He wanted Vayeshev in the place where his father was, Migure. And the answer is that's only in Olam Haba. In this world, it's all Migure. It's not Vayeshev. And he continues now and finally ends up by saying on line 24 towards the bottom, and this is what it is in the time of Galus. Right, we thought that this was it throughout the generations, throughout the centuries. When we went into Galus so many times, we forgot that it was Galus. We forgot that we weren't supposed to be so comfortable. Right? They thought they were Megure. But we started feeling. How many of us feel? There hasn't been a century since Bayesheni where it's been so comfortable for the Jewish people in most places. We have to realize it's still Megure Aviv. It's still not a place where we feel that it is the end, 
we are not in the Traklin. And he ends up saying also, maybe this is connected to Hanukkah as well. In an opposite way. Turning the page for a minute, going to line six. We have the opposite side of the coin. It, to put it in his words, Vayagar Yaakov Be'eretz Moshav Aviv. The opposite. What does that mean? As we know the Hanukkah story, Galus Yavon was the only Galus that we were totally, from start to finish, in Eretz Yisrael. In Yerushalayim, in the base of Migdash. Bavel destroyed the base of Migdash. Paras, we were in Paras, and then we went back. Yavon was during Bayesheni, until Galus Edo, when we got thrown out again. So what was it though? We felt like strangers in the place where we should have felt like Toshavim. In Eretz Yisrael and God's land. We weren't comfortable. We weren't ruchani. We weren't focused. <coughs> we didn't have a base of Mikdash Patara. The Eretz Yisrael, Sheshamanu Toshavim, in a place where we are at home. Sholtu Hayyavanim Bahamis Yavnim. The Greeks and the Hellenists had control. And they didn't let us. So the strangers felt like citizens, and the citizens felt like strangers. It's the exact opposite of my message, but it's the same message, says Rav Zevin. Throughout history, when we should have felt like Gerim, we felt like Toshavim. But during the Hanukkah story, we should have felt like Toshavim. It was our land. It was our base HaMikdash. It was our home. And yet we felt like outsiders. Because the Misyavnim took over. And the terrible Kohanim Gedolim took over. The ones that didn't even last a year. But once the Chashmonaim were able to overcome, not to call Kaful Yisrael. Right, we have the second, we have, we have not only are we not Gerim, but we're Toshavim in Eretz Yisrael. And isn't it fascinating that Parshas Vayeshev is always the week before or the week of Shabbos Hanukkah. To make us remember where we need to be Toshavim and where we need to be Gerim. Eretz Yisrael was Toshavim. In Chutzlaris is Gerim. So it applies, number one, in shuls, yeshivot, and outside, at work. Number two, it applies, Olam Olam Number three, it applies, Gashmis and Ruchnius. And number four, it applies, says Rav Zevin, Eretz Yisrael and in Chutzlaris. V'zeh lekach ledoros. He ends up by saying, Begola, tzrichim lahargish kegerim, u'be'eret Yisrael ketoshavim u'kvuim. We have to remember, where is our home? And it doesn't matter where we started off or <coughs> what our viewpoints are on a lot of other issues. We read the Torah. We have to realize that Eretz Yisrael is the home of every Jew, and that's where he has to feel. What did Hashem tell Abraham? Kikeri yezaracha be'eres lolahem. Doesn't matter what other Eretz it is, it's Lolahem. Whatever Eretz it would be. And we have to realize that Eretz Yisrael is another Bechino of Ashrei Yoshvei Vesech. Vayeshev Yaakov Be'eretz Mugurei Okay, moving right along, but staying on the same Pasuk. Again, a few other points related. We have, again, a couple of thoughts relating to the general Pasuk, and then we'll get to the specific different phrases in the Pasuk. Moving over to Rav Schwab. Moving over to Rav Schwab in the first Pasuk, source number four. Says Rav Schwab, Gracious Rabbah, Amr of Acha, 
This Rashi quotes this in short. Sadikim want to sit in Shalva. They want to relax a little bit. The Satan comes along and is Bakatreg. Omar, he says, What do you mean? What are you doing? You want both worlds? The next world is going to be awesome. It's going to be eternal bliss. So you want you want to use some of that up now? You want this world too? Tedalachat. And Rashi quotes part of this, even though we think, what was Yaakov asking for? A little nachas? A little shalva? He's had a tough life. As Rashi quotes, Esav, Lavan, Rachel, Lo, but his whole life, Dina, he's had a difficult life. He just wants to relax a little bit. And the Sultan says, And many of the Mepharshim ask, including Rav Schwab, what was so bad about asking for a little Nachas Ruach? He'll sit and learn all day. Is it so terrible? What was the problem? He was just going to sit with a sefer for the rest of his life. He's accomplished a lot already. Yaakov Avinu, he, he brought up the shifteka. What was the problem with that request? Says Rav Schwab, for Yaakov Avinu, it was a problem. Maybe not for others, but as one of the avos, it was a problem. Hine, line 13, or 14. Avodas Avram Avinu Haisa Kabbalas Achrayis Lefarsim Shem Shamayim Ba'olam. Avram Avinu's avoda was he accepted responsibility to publicize God's name in the world. Ula Hodia Lekal Yoshe Sevel Sheish Balabira. There is a manhig. There's a driver to this world. There's someone above the sun and the moon. Shabore Umadig Lechol Habruim Vuhula Vado Asa Vose. Avram Avinu accepted that responsibility, spreading the belief in one God. That's what he did. That was Avram Avinu's whole mahus. Yitzchak Avinu also. He also was always talking. Trying to spread the word of God. And Yaakov as well. That was the Avos. The avos, the job, the avod of the avos was to spread the message of Hakadosh Baruch Hu as the basis, as the roots of the Jewish religion. So he's done that, but Yaakov says, "Okay, let me focus a little bit internally now. Let me bring it in. You know, I've spent a long time focusing outward." But let me bring a little bit inside. Line 24. He cut off with all of his co-hosts. Yaakov Avinu, he was an Av. He tries to say, okay, no, this is what I'm going to focus on now. To raise his family, which is wonderful and amazing. But he stopped 
focusing at all on the Tzarchei Tzibur, the Tzarchei Rabbim, which he was Yaakov Avinu. Kodesh Baruch Hu says, yes, you have to focus on your family. Yes, you have to give time to your family. But you can't forget Kala Yisrael either. Kala Yisrael needs you, Yaakov. You can't just say, I've done enough. It doesn't mean he's not going to do anything. Obviously, he's still going to spend his life constructively. But he just wanted to maybe part ways with his public life in order to spend more time focused on his private affairs. And Hashem says, I'm sorry, Yaakov, but you can't do that. You're a public person. And I need you to keep spreading my name and being an Or Lagoyim. He said, I can't, I don't want to do it. I don't want to. I don't think this is my tafkid anymore. Kodesh Baruch Hu says, no. You being an Av, you being a Jewish leader, you can't. You're sacrificing too much, of course. And again, I don't think Rav Schwab is going against this. The family is the first priority of any parent. And they have to. Maybe Moshe Rabbeinu was different, right? 40 days and 40 nights, he was an exception to the rule. But obviously, but that can't be where it ends. Yaakov Avinu, I need you out there. I need you in the trenches, spreading the word of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And what happens? What does Yaakov end up? He ends up in Mitzrayim. Yosef, he ends up inspiring a whole land. He ends up inspiring a paro. He kept being involved in Sarchit Sipur. Kavaz la'avrogzo shal Yosef, shenimkar Mitzrayim, the whole story. And as we know, v'ro ki kishem Hashem nikra aleihem. Shem Hashem was Nikra on, on uh, Yaakov Avinu. And Yaakov Avinu, throughout his life, he continued to spread the word of HaKadosh Baruch Hu as he went through all of the Nisyonos that, that he had gone through. Moving right along, but again, staying on the first Pasuk. A lot to say on this first Pasuk. Now let's focus on the two last phrases of the Pasuk which two of the great Achronim focus on. We'll first see the words of Rav Saratskin and then get into the Nitziv. Vayeshev Yaakov be'eretz mugurei aviv be'eretz kena'an. What's the emphasis of those two phrases? What do we have to know about his father for? What do we have to know about Canaan for? Say, first of all, say one of them. We know where Yitzchak was. Vayeshev Yaakov be'eretz kena'an. What would be, we be missing? Or Vayeshev Yaakov be'eretz mugurei aviv. Why do you need be'eretz kena'an for? Well, we know. We know where Yitzchak was. So what exactly is the Pasuk emphasizing? The two phrases of Megurei Aviv and Eretz Kinnan. Cesar of Saratskin. Again, there's a somewhat Eretz Yisrael theme on a few of the thoughts on tonight's Parsha. Cesar of Saratskin. Beautiful, just such a simple, straightforward thought, but we all know the, what it's based on, but he just puts it into the Psukim. As we know, when Yaakov was in Padan Aram, Allah, Esav, Allah, Vishdei Mitzvos. We know that Yaakov Avinu was scared because there were two mitzvos that Esav was able to do that he wasn't. He wasn't able to do. What was it? The two mitzvos? The mitzvah of, of course, Kibar Avaim, that he was away for so many years, and the mitzvah of Yishev Eretz Yisrael. And Yaakov Avinu, we know, we looked in last week's parsha. He was scared about all the mitzvahs that he had. Maybe these mitzvahs would be machria. They would weigh down the scale. These two mitzvahs. V'al yale alibenu. Shenishar esav aduk b'shtei mitzvahs elad yomoso. Don't think, don't think, says the Azayim Torah. 
that Esau did these mitzvahs ad yomosel to the rest of his life. That he put on his Shabbos clothes to see his father, you know, after he got the brachas, after he lost the brachas. Chazal don't talk about that. They talk about his great kibbut of aim growing up and before he lost the brachas. I'm not so sure after Yitzchak gave it to his brother if he really kept up that behavior. But if we thought that those continued Sifra Lano Torah, the Torah tells us that Esau abandoned those two mitzvos and Yaakov entered in and took his place. We read at the end of last week's parsha. Esav went to Seir. Right, the Satan is not going to give up. You can do thirty years of keeping of aim, but I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. Even in Esav, right? He was just waiting to get him. The Yaakov, and what did Yaakov do? He returned. Be'eretz Megurei Aviv. Came back to his father. Whatever I could do. I was, I was out against my will. But I'll do all I can in the time that I have left. Number one. V'yakov ha'holek padarach Hashem. And Yedavka went to Padan Aram because his parents told him to. V'kimach ha'emed yu be'shvatim be'padan Aram. K'mitzvah ho'rav. Right after he finished. Shovel Hashem. Gam b'shtei mitzvah ze'elu. He returned. Shenitzrapa ben be'sara. These two mitzvahs that he was weak in for so many years. So it's time to, for me to fulfill these two mitzvahs. It's fine for me to take back those zechuyos that I didn't have and that my brother had. He moved out of the way. He lost them. And now I go in and, and pick them up. The two phrases parallel the two mitzvahs that he hadn't been doing. And Baruch Hashem, he was able to do again in his years. Again, was he faulted for most of the years? No, because he had an excuse. He was listening, but he wasn't actually before being Mekayim. So that's why the Pazak emphasizes the Eretz Mugurei Now he was able to. And number two is the Nitziv. Also, emphasizing and focusing on the two phrases in the Pazak, what is the emphasis of the Eretz Mugurei Eretz Kenan? Says the Nitziv in source number six. Bi'er HaMikra Alma it's an unusual estimative. Yaakov always wanted to make sure to be on Esav's good side, to not step where he think Esav might step. So we know, yes, at the end of last week's parsha, he already said he went to Seir, but he didn't even discuss it. He kind of like went into Eretz Yisrael and Esav left. Esau didn't make a fight about it, but says that it's him, isn't it interesting that he just, Yaakov just went in and slipped in? The time for Yaakov to have the promise fulfilled of having Eretz Kena'an did not come yet. The bris ben Abisarim, which Yaakov knew about from his grandfather, that for 400 years they were going to be in a strange land that wasn't fulfilled yet. And yet he went straight. He went straight back. And what's the emphasis of Eretz Megurei Aviv? Ela mipnei shahaya Eretz Megurei Aviv. Yaakov was starving for Kedusha. He was starving so many years. He was with a Lavan. And all of the people of Padan Aram, imagine how lonely he felt. 
He was starving for Kedusha, says the Nitziv. He needed to get back. So that's why he went to the place which had two Kedushos. Humanly created Kedusha and divinely created Kedusha. Vinis Kadsha, he went back first of all to Eretz Begurei Aviv. Vinis Kadsha, B'Torah, Va'avoda Mikvar. Yitzchak Avinu sanctified this land and his grandfather with Torah and Avoda. V'yafagav. D'bechol makom she'yashav Yaakov u'banav. And even though any place which Yaakov and his sons would go to, Hayula Eidah Kedosha B'Kviyas Haras Torah, wherever they would go, would be a place of Torah, like we know, they went to Goshen, but it's Einodoma, a place that's already in this Kaddish. It's already been sanctified by the earlier generations. But Einodoma, to a, to a place that there's already been Kedusha, that has been created by the forefathers. Even Kfura we say, Right, kach yafek for bebavel shumakam tor yosem mikol aratzos because the created kedusha of the ancestors make this a special sanctified place. Yaakov goes first to Eretz Canaan. Why? Because there's created kedusha. There's the kedusha that the ancestors have given. But then again, the Eretz Canaan, there's the inherent kedusha. There's the kedusha that Hakadosh Baruch Hu gave. Be'eretz Kenan Otam, Bishvil Shehu Eretz Kenan, V'yeshba Mitzvah Yishav Eretz Yisrael, Umuchsheres Yoser, Letaris HaKodesh, Yoser Mikol HaAratzos. Yaakov Avinu needed to get back to Eretz Kenan. He was away for decades, for good reason. He was getting a wife and family, and then coming back. But he was starving to get back, and he needed to get back, and that's by Yeshav Yaakov, he had a kvias, Be'eretz Mugurei Aviv, because his father was here, and Be'eretz Kenan. I often get emails and questions. Oh, you have a good one for a simcha this week? You have a good one to use at a... So this one, this nitziv. The nitziv. You have a simcha. You have the kedusha that the parents give and that the grandparents put in. The, 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 the sanctification that was done by the ancestors. And then you have the sanctification that's done by the Kaddish Baruch Hu. You have a bar mitzvah boy. Bar Mitzvah boy has the Kedusha HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives him and the Kedusha the parents give him. You have a wedding, right? The parents and they themselves, you can relate it to anything. But either way, these are the double Kedusha that the Mitzvah describes that Yaakov Avinu was starving for. Be'eretz Mugurei Aviv and Be'eretz Kenan. Okay. Now we get to something very special. And that is on, related to Tupsuk. Perak Lama Zion, as we have, we spent half this year on the first Pasik. It's a good idea to move on. Eile told us Yaakov. These are the told us of Yaakov. Yosef was 17 years old. He was shepherding. He brings the Dibara, as we know, the Lashon Hara, the Rechilus. The Yisrael. Yaakov Avinu, interesting, called Yisrael. We've mentioned in the past. Interesting uh, study to look up when is Yaakov called Yaakov and when is Yaakov called Yisrael. Yaakov is more of the personal and Yisrael is more of the acting on behalf of the nation. The Yisrael Ahavas Yosef Bikalbanov ki ben zakunim hulo. Yisrael, Yaakov Avinu loved Yosef. He was a ben zakunim and he made him the famous Ksonis Pasim. Va'asalo Ksonis Pasim. 
Question number one. How did Yaakov do this? Chazal already said he made a mistake. Chazal said he shouldn't have showed favoritism. But the question that we might ask is, you know, what was the symbol of this Ksonis Pasim? What did Yaakov mean by it? And what did the brothers think about it that made him made them so incensed? Question one. Question two. Let's jump a little bit after the dreams of Yosef and the brothers are right after Shani. Vayelchu echav liros son avihem bishchem. The brothers go taking their father's sheep in Shechem. And Yisrael says to Yosef, your brothers are in Shechem, l'cha eve'esh l'cha lehem, I'll send you to them. Vayomel, he said, okay, hineni, I'm here. Go see how they're doing. Vayishchem e'em echevron, v'yavu they come to Shechem. And obviously, the rest is history. They meet an ish. That was a couple years ago we mentioned. ish. <laughs> this ish was Gavriel. Last week's ish was the Sarah Shalesav. And the Chulu, we know the story. Simple question. Rashi already quotes that Shechem was a makam hamukham lepuranus. Right? Tragedies happened in Shechem. That was the place that Dina happened. That was the place that Mechiras Yosef happened. That's where the Malchus was split in the future with Yeravam. Makam mukham lepuranus. Why'd the brothers go there? Last week's Parsha! It was just last week's Parsha! Shimon and Levi! Massacre the city! Okay, it wasn't last week's Parsha for them. It was 15 years or so. But why'd they go back to Shechem? It must have been pretty dangerous for them at the time. Mestame was dangerous, even though nobody was starting up with them. But to go to Shechem, when we just know what happened in Shechem, what was their point? Why did the brothers go there? Simple question. Okay, retro, right, retroactively, hindsight, we say, oh, it was Mukhan Leparanus and Yossi was supposed to be so the Chulu. But why did the brothers go to Shechem? Why? Right, Rashi quotes, Nakur al S. Right, there's dots on the top of the word S. Shalohoch el atzman. They really weren't going to take the sheep. Okay, but either way, why did they go to Shechem? Says the Klayakar. Let's put two Klayakars together. We'll start with the second, and then we'll go back to the first. Says the Klayakar, the great Darshan. I'm sorry, one other Pasuk we have to read. One other Pasuk we have to read. After they go to Shechem and they capture Yosef and they take the Ksonis Pasim, I'm sorry, I, I skipped the, the Pasuk Havav. Vayomer Yehud Alechav, after they throw him into the pit. Mabetza what profit is there if we'd kill our brother? Let's sell him. Ma betza. Betza is always a lushan of monetary profit. Gemara talks about it. Ma betza kinarugasachinu. Ma betza. Rashi. Ma mamon kitargumo. Right? Like Uncle says. Right? Ma mamon misani. Are we making a buck by letting him die? No, let's sell him. What were they doing? Were they really interested in the money? What type of dini mamonis were they interested in here? So what was the message of the Ksonis Pasim, the symbol? What's ma and why they go to Shechem? That third question, the the Klayakar the, um, asks implicitly. But now let's see what he says. Source number seven. Anytime when it says betza in the Torah, it means monetary. V'kan mehechetesi 
What's, what does it mean? We're going we're gonna to make a buck? Al-Kain says the Klayakar, a biting thought that teaches us about one of the Midos Ra'os that we always need to focus on to protect ourselves. The brothers had kinah. The brothers were jealous. But what exactly were they jealous about? And what do we see about jealousy from this story? Shekal Iker HaKinah Haisa Al HaBechora. They were jealous of the firstborn, of the Bechorah. What, what, what Bechorah? Yosef wasn't the Bechor. Yosef was the Bechor of Rachel. But he wasn't the Bechor of Yaakov. Ki hirgishu ha'achim b'ksones pasim sheyitim lo ha'bechorah. The brothers interpreted the ksones pasim being given to Yosef as a symbol of the Bechorah being given to him. Did they ever know Unclear. This is just a thought question. Did they ever know what happened to their mothers that Rachel was supposed to be the wife and Leah and Yosef was supposed to be the Bechar? Very interesting question. Did they ever find that out? Did anybody ever know until the Torah was written and we found out about it generations later? Did the brothers know? Says the Klayakar. Now skip to source 8 and then we'll go back to 7. That was what they thought was the message of the Ksonis Pasim. Nira Nadvarim, Acher Shekfar Bilbel Reuven, Yitzue Aviv, Nitzlamimenu Abachora. They thought, remember, when Yaakov Avinu took his bed and put it into Bilah's tent. And that's why Reuven got so upset in last week's Parsha. And now the Ksonis, what's the Ksonis? As we know, the firstborns were the ones that were destined to do the Avoda before the Egel. They were the ones that were special. Al Shame Zah also looks on as Pasim, Lefisha Ha'avoda Bibachoros. The Avoda was going to be with the Bechoros, the firstborns, just like Kohanim had Big Day Kahuna. They had a Ktonis! So too Yosef had, had a Ktonis. The brothers interpreted Yaakov's Matana to Yosef as giving him a Gushpanka, giving him the stamp of approval. You're the Bechor. You're the firstborn. You're going to get a double portion. Maybe that's what Ben Zakunim means. The Ben of Zakunim means he's the elder son, not the son that comes to the old, in the old age of the father. Maybe Zakunim, if you say that's all part of the brother's thought process, is that they interpreted that Yosef was being viewed by Yaakov Avinu as the Bechar. And that's why they were so jealous. Yosef's going to get a double portion. Yosef's going to get more than us. And they had Kinnah. And that's how they interpreted it. And Yaakov might not have meant this. Yaakov was, as we know, he was giving him, maybe I, we didn't, I didn't give you that part of the Klayakar. The Klayakar says he had a different purpose, right, in his, he was still uh, servicing his father. But now back to the Klayakar. Line four. And because the firstborn is entitled to double, the brother said, we do not want Yosef to get double. Look what Kinnah does to a person. Let's go to Shechem with our father sheep. What might happen? What, we might lose them? Better that he doesn't get double. We'll lose everything. We don't care. 
as long as he doesn't get double. That's why they went to Shechem. Why? They're going to steal from us? We don't mind so much. They're going to try to get revenge? That's okay. But Amram, they said to themselves, We'll take nothing. Yosef loses. It's worth it for me to lose my portion as long as he doesn't get his double portion. That's what kinah does to a person. That's what it does. And that's why they went to Shechem. Yaakov felt this. He said this. He says, go see what your brothers are doing. Go protect them. But that's kinah. And that was the root of the brothers' hate. The Archa Sadikim discusses in Shara Kinnah the anonymous work of the Achronim about all the Midos in source number 9. He says if we look at the root of Kinnah, one of the three Midos, that's Motias Adam and Olam, that drives us out of the world. The root of Kinnah. When we think, when we're jealous, somebody else has something physical, spiritual, whatever it is that I want. And I, I'm upset about it. You know what that's a reflection of? Says the Archa Sadikim in a very sharp, but it goes to the root of Kinnah. It's as if I have a tain on a Baruch Hu. Hashem, you made a mistake. You, have a, you messed up. Now he shouldn't have that. I should have it. That's basically what that feeling reflects. We feel that God is mistaken because I should have what they have. It comes from an inferior soul. If I, if I wish I looked like somebody else. Or I was strong as somebody else. Or as rich as someone else. I don't want what Hashem gave me. I think he made a mistake. It's like a child. If a child starts screaming at a parent, what they got... That's exactly what kin is in any area. Like an Evet who has complaints about his master. And I don't want, I don't like this breakup. Surely when we're talking about the Melech Malchi Amlachim, I shall call Maisav Yisharim and that everything of Hashem is Yashar, Tzadik v'yasharhu, she'en lahar acharav. That's the root of Kinnah. And then he says, mina Kinnah tava machlokas, as we know, Kinnah brings machlokas, Korach, the brothers, many items to talk about. And then he says at the end, hamakani chomes nafsho. And it even, Kinnah destroys oneself. We can't serve HaKadosh Baruch properly with that attitude. Ki hu misabel tamid. I'm in constant mourning if I'm a Baal Makinah. I'm always mourning for what I don't have. How can I properly serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu that way? If I'm always upset. Chazal say, Everybody finds his food tasty. Except for somebody who's jealous. Not just literal food. But their life. We can always find something positive. Except a Makaneh. 
who's always looking over the other shoulder. It's not good for me if they still have it. They lose it? Okay, great. I'm okay. I don't really need it. I, as long as they don't have it. Except for kina. That's the danger of kina. And says the Klayakar, that's what the brothers were guilty of. Yosef's going to be the Bechor? Forget it. Let's go to Shem. So if you lose everything, it's fine. It's okay. It doesn't matter. Okay. Losachmod, obviously. It's one of the Aseris Adibros. We continue. If you look closely at these Psukim, the Malbin tells us, it's somewhat, the brothers were, they just didn't get Yaakov's message. If you read the Psukim closely, Pasagimel and Dalit again. Yaakov loved Yosef, he was Ben Zakunim, and he ate him Pasim. and the brothers saw, that him he loved, the father loved from all the brothers, and they hated him. Says the Malbim. If you look closely at the Psukim, you can detect the brother's mistake. Second shot of what the mistake was. Says the Malvin, source number 11. Why did Yaakov show a certain affection, a certain love for Yosef that he didn't show the other brothers? Was it because he had a love for Yosef, really? Inherent, an inherent love different than a father has for all of his children? Says the Malvin, no. He loved them all equally. They were all unique. Leading his sons. But you know what? Sometimes different children have different needs. And sometimes it's hard for siblings to realize that. That one child would need something and have more time spent with them and more affection given to a certain child because that's what the child needs, says the Malbim. But it's hard for siblings today and thousands of years ago to inculcate that message and say, what do you mean I'm also... Asan, why are they getting it? What does the Pasuk say? It gives a reason. There's a reason he had to love or at least show the love. There's a key here. However you explain the key. Ben Zakunim Ulo. Various Mepharshim explain what does it mean, Ben Zakunim. As the Malbim does, we'll see in a second. But there's a reason given. What do the brothers say in the next Pasuk? What does they feel? Him. Him for who he was. No other reasons. Him because he was Yosef. That was the mistake. They attributed outward affection that was needed for a certain reason as love for a child different than others. Let's read the Malbim. Source number 11. Why was he called a Benzakunim? Because he had to service his father in the old age. Remember? Benyamin was very young. Well, maybe not so young. We discussed that a couple of years ago from Rev, uh, Rev Rivlin. But says the Malbim, he was, he was the one that serviced. He was a Shamish. He was the Shamish of Yaakov. So he showed him certain affection. And he made Exodus possible. He gave him a special coat to wear because that's what he was involved in. Ki yeser habanim They Yosef wasn't out in the field. The brothers had to wear field clothes. 
Yosef was in the house. I'll give you a robe you can wear out inside. That's why he gave it to him. Because he served a certain function in his life at that time that the brothers did not serve. That's the key. Ki ben zakunim hulo. But the brothers, middle of line six, the chashvoki osoa havavihem, shebeemes avas av laechan mibanov, bidera gaguim, eina ava atzmis, rak ava gashmis, avalheim chashvush ovo ava atzmis. They felt, says the Malbim, that it was something inerrant. Shalze amarki osoahav, the chain basharoki ahav oso mikulam, the eftershalimatsi gabahem yelled shashuim. Vayisnu oso. Says that was the problem. Vahuki adata. And they thought, now this is something that many Mepharshim say, they realized that up until this point in history, in Jewish history, there's always been somebody that's been thrown out. Yishmael was thrown out. Asa was thrown out. Maybe we're going to be thrown out. They have this, this weighing on their head. Maybe Yosef is in and we're all gone. Just like there was one. So they didn't realize it. And that's why they were very upset. And they said, we have to take action. And we have to do what we're going to do. Says the Malbim. It was all a mistake that siblings make even today that the brothers made way back when. So two ideas we've had about the root, the chait that led to Mechiris Yosef. One kina, one, a misjudgment of the parents' actions. Again, parents have to do everything they can to try to dissipate that thought from the other children. But that was their mistake. Two more thoughts for the evening. One, half of it we've mentioned in the past, but just a hosafa to it. It's already getting into the Hanukkah mode, but it's not specifically about Hanukkah. So they throw him into the pit. Let's focus on that Pasuk again. Famous Pasuk. Perak Lamed Zayin, Pasuk Havdalim. Says the Torah, Vayikachuhu, they took him, Vayashlichu, Oso Habara, they threw him into the bar, Vahabar Reik Ein Bomayim. And the bar was empty, there was no water in it. Chazal Darshin, right? Rashi quotes it, there was no water, Mayim Ein Bo, if it was empty, why do you have to say there was no water in it? Mayim Ein Bo, Avonachashim Akrabim Yeshbo. There were no snakes, there was no water, but there were snakes and scorpions. The question that is asked by everyone, all the Mepharshim is, this is a Hatzawa. This is a salvation. Right? What does the Pazik previously say? Right? They, oh, they don't want to kill him. Ruben says, don't kill him. Throw him into the pit. Okay, great. Throw him in the pit. Snakes and scorpions. That wasn't killing him? That was killing him too. The bishop says in Yavamis, if a man falls into a pit with snakes and scorpions, his wife's allowed to get remarried. Right? You can assume he's dead. So what do you mean, snakes and scorpions? How, this is a salvation? So, different Pshatim given. We quoted a, a, a radical Pshat a couple of years ago from the Yerachayim HaKadosh on this Pasuk that there's a difference between the actions of a person who is a Baal Bechira versus animals who don't have Bechira and if he's not supposed to die at this time, he's not going to. Amazing Pshat of the Yerachayim HaKadosh. Different Pshatim given. But the one that's most probable is that they didn't know. They didn't know that there were snakes and scorpions in it. There was a deep pit. They saw, maybe they dropped something in. They dropped in a stick to see if they heard a splash. They didn't want him to drown. So there was no splash. So they threw him in. So they didn't know. How do you know that they didn't know? So this part we've quoted in the past, if you have it in source number 12, the Minchas Bichal, a contemporary quotes it from the Torah Tamima. We, we quoted it from the Torah Tamima a number of years ago. Well, maybe that's why this Gemara that Rashi quotes is right next to the Halacha in Mesecha Shabbos. 
that Ner Hanukkah can't be above 20 Amos. Because you can't see it above 20 Amos. You can't see it above 20 Amos. The Shach of a Sukkah can't be above 20 Amos. You can't see it. So maybe the pit was as deep as 20 amos. That's why they couldn't see it. How do you know? So the Torah Tamima quotes an amazing, quotes the, the um, source from Maseches Tabid that the verb hashlacha always means 20 amos. Okay? That's the thought that we've mentioned in the past that they didn't, they didn't know. But maybe there is another hosafa that we could add to this idea that it's alluded to, alluded to this whole discussion of no water, yes, snakes and scorpions, scorpions, it's alluded to in the Pasik, and the Vilna Gon suggested this thought when he was nine years old. Says Rav Shlomo Mi Vilna, right? The Cheshach Shlomo in the back of the Gemara, Rav Shlomo Mi Vilna, source line number 14. He says, when the Gra was told this shot, he says, look closely in the Pasik, and you could see it's alluded to. Vahabar reik. What does the pasuk say? Let's read it again. Says the gra, nine years old. Why is the first bar spelled chaser without a vav habora, and the second bar vahabar reik is spelled mali with a vav? Just like the gra picks up on all of these. Hakol kol Yaakov. One with a vav and one without a vav. Right here. Vayashlich also a bora without a vav, a borek with a vav. Why? Says the gra. Right, it continues in the continuation. Source number 12. Turn over. Oh, so let's read it first. Echabechab me vilna baisi tama vishal. Why is it mali and chaser? They didn't have an answer. Aval Eliyahu katan ben atesha ana. The Elio, the nine year old said. The Rashi quotes, Fabar Reik ain't Bomayim, there was no water, but there was a Chashavak Rabim. Umishum Zeh, line three on the next page, Kasuv, Vayashlichu also Habora, they threw him into the pit, Chaser. What does Chaser mean, empty? They thought it was empty. They threw it in, they thought it was empty. Shachim Chashvu Shabar Chaser, Vareik Lagamre, ain't Bomayuma, but the Torah is made, Vahabor, with a Vav, Malay. Reik, it was reik from water, but it had other things in it. Ein bomayim, haborksim male, ki haya male nechashim vakrabim kidrashas chachamin. That's the Vilna Gon at nine years old. Final thought of the evening, which gets us a little bit into the mood of Hanukkah. I bet we'll have more in discussions of Hanukkah next next week. Let's start off with the Hanukkah element. We say in Ma'oz Tzur, Ufartsu Chomos Migdalai. They broke the walls of my towers. Ufartsu Chomos Migdalai v'timu kalashmanim. So on the surface it means they, make, they made holes. The Mishnah Mesech HaShkalim says that the Yavanim made 13 breaches in the, in the base of Migdash walls. But maybe, says the Chidushi Harim, there's a deeper idea here. Al-Derach Drush. And we go back to Parshas Vayeshev. If you look, a story that we did not touch on, we didn't talk about Yehud and Tamar at all, but if you look towards the end of the Parsha, we have the story of Yosef and Ashes Potiphar. Let's focus on one word, and actually one break between two words. Perek Lametes, 
Pasuches. Vayi achar es ramayla, vatisa eishes avadona v'sineho, vatomer shichlo imi, vayimayin. He refuses. Vayomer aleishes adonav, hein adoni lo yadi iti mababayis, v'chol sheish lo nasa biyadi. No, I can't do it. Yosef stands up to the challenge. Tremendous situation of Nisayon, and he stands up. Vayimayin, as we know, there is a shalsheles on the vayimayin. Meaning he was struggled, but he stood his ground. And right after Vayimayin, there's a psik, there's a line, as if there's a break. Vayimayin, period. And then Vayomer, etc. What's the break? What's the psik? And the Vayimayin, the Shalshalas means we're supposed to focus on the Vayimayin separate from what comes after it. And then you have a psik, so you have a, a Shalshalas, and then you have a break. As if Vayomer, as if what he says is totally secondary. Vayimayin stands on its own. Says Rabbi Shor in the Halakach Vahalibuf. The message for us is, when we're in a situation of Nisayon, when we're in a situation of, of challenge, that's not the time to make cheshbonos and try to rationalize and try to figure things out and try to think. We just have to do it. We just have to do it. Do the act. What does that mean? Says this We can't have reasons and start rationalizing because we're not going to be able to convince myself. If I have a, a succulent, delicious food item in front of me and I'm not sure it's has the greatest hasher. Yeah, but it's probably okay. Okay, but I, back and forth and back and forth. At the end of the day, I'm not going to be able to stand strong. I start making cheshbonos. If I'm in that situation, what we need is a vayimayin. Stand up. No cheshbonos, just do it. Just stand up and be strong. Shetzarech hamiyun lavo migodel yerashamayim sheefshel asos haveraklau. If deep Heartfelt, Yerat Shamayim, that's it. There's no discussion. Kikala Cheshbonos, Habos Misecha La'adam, Sholava Ratzon Hashem, Eina Misayim Lo Beis Tisayon. Yes, in a base Medrash, when we're talking to our Rebbe, when we're talking to them, we can discuss things and rationalize, try to figure things out. But at the moment of truth, when we're in a situation, we just have to have... When somebody says something and we're wondering whether I could say something back. When we're about to say a word of Lashon Hara. And I think, well, is it really Lashon Hara? Yeah, they probably wouldn't care. Everybody knows about it already. All the excuses in the book. Vayimayin. Just stop. Without cheshbonos. If we have my year Hashem, what would I do if it was the second half of Yom Kippur? That's what we have to think about. If it was the second half of Yom Kippur, would I, would I rationalize or would I just do vayimayin? It has to be so clear to us, as it was to Yosef. If there was nothing. Yosef, Yosef's words afterwards to Ashes Potiphar, he even says in the continuation, that's maybe just try, to try to convince her for the future. Don't try this again. But he finished. He did it. Vayimayin. There was nothing more to do. Somebody once told me a story that they were at a, at a, at a wedding. 
And Ramosha Feinstein with Avni Mincha at a wedding, and Ramosha Feinstein was at a wedding, Davni Mincha, and they were waiting for Ramosha Feinstein to finish Shmona Esrei. And there was somebody behind Ramosha that was Davni Shmona Esrei. And Ramosha had finished, and they were waiting for Ramosha. They didn't want to start without Ramosha. So Ramosha, like, motions for them to, to, to go. So they, they, they said, no, Ramosha, we're going to wait until you take three steps back. But Ramosha's, like, points, like, I can't take three steps Somebody say Shmona Esrei behind me, I can't. So what would all of us do? We would go do the diagonal thing. We would like, figure out a way. Everybody's waiting for me. And Ramosha didn't move. And this person came over and told me, he said, he went to Ramosha afterwards and says, what's the big deal? Just just, just go diagonal. Ramosha says, I don't understand. There was a brick wall behind me. I couldn't move. I don't understand what, what you're suggesting. And Ramosha thought it was ludicrous even to suggest that he should move and violate the halacha of going back when somebody behind you is saying, Shmona Esrei. He said, there was a brick wall behind me. How could I, how could I move? That was Ramosha. The Yavanim wanted to break this. Yavanim partsu chomos migdalai. They broke the chomos of our towers. They wanted to break the wall of Yerat Shamayim. They, and they were successful. Ke'etz al ha'adam, tzarek lios isure Torah, kamo choma, it's got to be a wall, leida ki efshar labar al divar Hashem, erova yirashi And they wanted to get rid of it. They wanted to knock the Yerat Shamayim. I, 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 I didn't, I skipped over it, but it even says on the, in the uh, end of the first paragraph, maybe that's the pshat of the Mishnah Perkyavos. Chachmaso kodemes liyiraso, your chachma is not going to be makuya. Yira kodemel chachmaso, first you have to have yirat shamayim. Boom, ayimoy. And then chachma, and then rationalize and think about it deeper at another time. But that's the message. Clear clot, yirat shamayim, and munapshuta, that's the message that we take with us following Yosef Atzadik, vayimoyen, without the cheshbon. We need cheshbonos, but not at the moment of truth. That, then we just got to do it. We've got to remember the story of Ramosha Feinstein. It's got to be so clear to us, like there's a brick wall there. Like a brick wall. Like the Havamina, to say these words, to say the Lashon Hara, to say the this, to eat this. That's the message. Okay, we'll stop here. Brother Shem, next week, uh, tentatively, we'll be back, I think, uh, regular um, Wednesday night. And uh, Brother Shem, we will continue.